anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me off of work on uh, 24 straight hours of being awake and hitting the Mike's Hard Lemonade, I guess, as hard as you can actually hit that stuff. (laughs) But believe it or not, he's not hanging out with like 13-year-old girls. He's by himself as far as we know, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Just yard work day. So it's too hot. It's too hot to drink whiskey at this time of day. So the Mike's Hard Lemonade is kind of a, it's an easy go-to. Like if I'm really thirsty, I can just chug an entire Mike's and not like be plastered. Isn't there a bunch of sugar in that stuff though? Well, it also helps me podcast. I can stay awake. Why don't you get like the the hard seltzers? Um, like White Claw and that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there are some that aren't terrible, but the, the hard seltzers aren't really my thing. Um, shit, there's like a generic Aldi brand of the hard seltzer that's actually pretty good, but I, I really I'm not a big fan of like White Claws and stuff. I just I don't. I don't know, oh, man, I don't know I, what it is about I, it. I love those things. <laughs> you make fun of me I don't care. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Yeah, I don't care. You can make fun of me for like, I mean, I usually don't buy White Claws or like Truly or whatever, but I'll buy like the, uh, I mean, everybody has their own brand, like spinoff of it now. There's like Michelob has it and Bud Light has it. Those are actually usually pretty bad. But the, uh, you know what I like are the, um, Oh shit! The high noons; those are probably the best ones, made with real fruit juice or something. I don't know, but uh, those are kind of expensive. At least they were when I was in Florida. I probably drank like thirty of those in a couple of days. Out on the water there, doing some fishing. So yeah, I get it. It's a little too hot for whiskey. So um, I have coffee here. If you want to talk about being hot, it's probably like ninety-five degrees and one hundred percent humidity where I am. But it, it's a little rainy today, so it's it's cooled off a bit. And uh, just very, very, very humid. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about today because um, we, missed, uh, we missed yesterday. That was on me. So we're a little day late getting this one out. But it's a good thing because now we, uh, we have even more stuff to pile on to our list. We got the, the Hunter Biden 4chan hack. We have uh, inflation today coming in at a whopping 9.1%. Apparently, this is unexpected for people. I don't know why they expect the inflation rate to go down, 
all of a sudden. Um, what else do we have? We got the Uvalde footage that came out. We're going to have to talk about that. And uh, uh, what else did we have? I've already forgotten. Boris <laughs> Johnson resigned. Emmanuel Macron is being forced to resign. Uh, Shinzo Abe was assassinated. So lots of world leaders are uh, getting picked off or uh, run out of their positions of power here. Yeah, yeah, we forgot to talk about Shinzo Abe on uh, Friday's podcast, but yeah, we can uh, we can get into that a little bit. They had a real nice happy hour on Friday. You were there for some of it. Uh, went pretty late, me and uh, me and some folks there, but it was good. Got to see a lot of people that have been MIA for a month or so. Uh, is this like the summer doldrums of podcasting or something? Everybody's out and about doing doing stuff. They're not as uh, engaged. I think, What's going summers, on here? I think summers are a tough time for engagement, just generally speaking, because people are taking they're taking vacations from work. They're doing stuff with their kids. Like it's it's sort of a a time where people take breaks and um, cut back. And yeah, I, I guess it is sort of the just the summer slump. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess every day for me is basically summer, so. My routine never, doesn't change, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm wake a little up, surprised. Wake up, the level drink of coffee, coffee, walk on the beach. Yeah. Usually, yeah, I'm still pretty fucking hobbled over here. Um, I put a call into a doctor to come uh, take a look at it. I haven't heard back on that yet. So the swelling's gone down, but yeah, there's definitely something wrong behind my knee. And it's all Robbie the fucking fire's fault. The end of Johnny's basketball career. Thanks to Robbie yeah. the fire. Well, hey, I was going to be inducted into the softball hall of fame in Chicago. And now, now it's not looking good, but <laughs> not that I really care about that. But uh, yeah, if anybody asks, I actually heard it cliff diving, like doing something really cool. Not um, riding a bike slash installing a microwave and moving a bunch of stuff around my condo like a, <laughs> like an old man. At least you didn't. At least you didn't fall off the bike. You know, you you've got one up on Joe Joe Biden. That's true. That is true. I did not. But the the memes have been pretty great. Um, that's one thing. You know, since I am laid up on the couch a lot, just icing my leg down. I've had uh, a lot of a lot of time to catch up on things, but I am behind on this week's memes because I've been busy the last couple of days. So I can't wait for the uh, man. The, the Hunter Biden memes, I would imagine, are pretty great. I mean, I don't know what is going on with this guy. I do, I do sort of like. It would really suck if all of your stuff was hacked like that and made public. Um, not that I have like. <laughs> A bunch of videos of me with like hookers and blow and stuff going around, but you know it's uh you, you do kind of feel for him at a certain point. It's just like, dude, these guys are down and they're being kicked. <laughs> like, like watching Joe Biden or uh, should I refer to him as Pedo Pedo uh, Pete? <laughs> like he's Pedo listed Peter. in Pedo Peter in uh, in uh, Hunter Biden's phone. Like you start to watch this guy try to struggle through getting through a speech. And at some point you just like, man, I, I feel bad for this guy. And I don't know when I started feeling bad for Hunter Biden. It was probably around the the laptop leak last year. 
And now it's just like, oh, geez, they got like his cloud information or his phone, like all kinds of these fucking videos of him coming out. He's spending like 30 grand uh, in, uh, was it, or was it 50 grand in three months or 30 grand in five months? Something like he, 30 grand in five months, I think it was. And he basically like hit Joe up for, I think it was for 70 grand to go to some rehab clinic and then another 20 grand. And like he, there are video, literally videos of him at the rehab clinic smoking crack and drinking. <laughs> nice. So was this a government-run rehab clinic? <laughs> sounds like it sounds it. like the level of efficiency you'd get from a government organization. There was another uh, video where he was arguing with some hooker about how much crack he actually had, and he's like weighing it I out. I saw that one. Like, oh, my God. This is, yeah. this shit is crazy. Yeah, I did like, see that one. And, you know, first of all, it was like, they, there was like a lot of cut, like it would be like Hunter Biden and then would cut away and then it was cracked and then it was like back to Hunter Biden. So I don't, maybe that one could have been doctored. I don't know why anybody would bother doctoring videos of him at this point. Like we already have so much crack and hooker material from him that I don't think you need to do that in order to like make your point, whatever your point, whatever point you're trying to get across, it's, um, it's been made, but yeah, that video was like, that was unbelievable. First of all, that's a, that's an amount of crack that like, I don't know what the jail time on that would be, but you'd be in fucking prison for the rest of your life. If Joe Biden was, uh, you know, in charge and Kamala Harris was fucking prosecuting you, like you would never see the light of day. He had 20.7, grams on that. I think it was actually 2.7. That that looked like very little to have been that much, unless it was like super dense. But still, well, he was, not, it, it said 20.7, but he was saying 2.7. So maybe he had like a weird setting on the scale or something. I don't know. It looked like a lot of crack to me, but what do I know? Never having smoked crack. I have no idea how long, maybe that's only like a couple of days supply. For, for Hunter, <laughs> probably so. Yeah, Hunter, the, that's uh, just getting through the night. There was the one video that like every guy can can kind of get on board with the one where he was just walking around with his dick in one hand and a gun in the other. Like I, I get it. <laughs> I thought that was the way you were supposed to do that sort of thing when you're home alone. But what, whatever, you know, we can we can crucify him for that one too. I guess if we need to. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that one. It, it really is. Just, I never. I never understood this impulse that people have to film themselves, like in general. Um, I, I film myself on here. That's pretty much all you'll get from me. Like I don't take selfies. And I, I basically have it. to like strong arm you into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just, I'm uncomfortable, I guess with it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I couldn't imagine the impulse of being like, Hey, I got my gun. I'm walking around naked. Let me, let me film this just in case I, I got, where's the upside there? <laughs> I don't know. Best case scenario, you send it to like some chick and she's really impressed. Maybe worst case scenario, I think is what's going on right now. Um, luckily, luckily he's getting a lot of cover from like, it, it, is the media covering this at all? Or is it just like on Twitter? Like luckily Twitter hasn't blocked anything as far as I can tell, like they did with the laptop. Yeah. So far Twitter has been relatively uh, uncensoring of, of this. They're like, I guess there are some things that they're censoring. Like uh, there is a picture going around that is 
him with what looks like four or five incredibly young girls. And I've only seen that a couple times. Oh yeah, I saw that and one. I, I do yeah, think that, was I do think weird, that one maybe is getting censored. Um, and like to an extent, I get it. Like I'm sure, I'm sure the justification for censoring that that they would use is because it um, it is a sexual depiction of minors, which I get it. Like that's a that's a very good excuse to not uh, allow that picture to stay up. But at the same time, like um, this is some pretty shady shit that this dude's involved in, and the fact that he literally had his dad saved in his phone as pedo Peter. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I mean, we've, we've been making fun of Joe Biden for years for the weird sniffling of kids, the weird touching of kids, like in public, I could only imagine what he's doing to them behind closed doors. Why anybody would let a Hunter Biden within a football field of your fucking kids is beyond me absolutely fucking crazy i would never let that guy near i wouldn't let him near anybody i cared about but let like let alone if i had kids he wouldn't be anywhere near me but yeah that this i don't know what it is about fucking people in power and being fucking pedophiles or like (laughs) you know just being like associate like having like doubt that you could be involved in pedophilia is it's so rampant in DC and like in like places of power where it's like, you will never, unless somebody hacks into my fucking computer and puts a bunch of kitty porn on there, you will not find one person that would, you know, tell you that they know me and like, they suspect me of pedophilia. Like, it's just not going to fucking happen. I guarantee you. Um, because pedophilia, like, it gives off this certain vibe. Like, these people, you can fucking feel it. It makes your fucking skin crawl when you're near them. And, like, when people, like, they get your spidey sense tingling kind of thing. Because you can tell that they're off. And whether or not, you know, pedo Peter is actually a pedo. Or, you know, Hunter Biden's messing around with these little kids. Like, just the idea that there's, like, so much... uh innuendo or like it's suggested or like there's the possibility that it, it you know that it could be there i i think that in and of itself speaks volumes it's like where when there's smoke there's fire i generally don't like that sort of uh saying or whatever but i think when it comes to pedophilia there shouldn't be any fucking smoke um it's just something that it's really really easy to avoid uh being associated with pedophilia in my humble opinion just don't do weird shit with kids. <laughs> Although I will tell you now that I'm thinking about it, when I used to coach baseball, you know, when I was younger, I got out of college, I would, I would, uh, I would coach baseball. And since I hadn't coached before, they would always put you in like the younger age groups. Have I told any of these stories before on, on the podcast? Okay. Quick, quick uh, side note here. So like, I'm like 24, three or 24 or something just graduated college i'm working and i'm like yeah maybe i'll you know looking to do something with my free time make a little money i'll coach baseball and i think they gave me 10 year olds at at first and like i didn't want to coach little kids i wanted to coach like high school or something but they're not going to let you do that unless um you know you know somebody or whatever you have to like prove yourself as a coach and i admit it's a little weird that i didn't have like a kid on the 10 year old team and i was coaching them (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I get, I guess that's the closest I could be associated with, um, with children. And I think, uh, I think a lot of the parents were like a little weirded out at that fact. And I had to like reassure them. I'm like, listen, like I want to coach baseball. They stuck me with your fucking 10 year old kids. Like this is the last place I want to, I want to be, but I have to like pay my dues in order to coach real fucking baseball players. Like, I don't um, want your kids and I don't like your kids. I'm just here for the paycheck yeah. and to work my way up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dude, if that's, you know, like it's just a weird way of doing it. Like make me then make me like an assistant assistant coach to older kids. Then I don't know, instead of head coach of something, I don't know why I had to go like right into head coaching, but you can only head head coach like little kids, <laughs> which like, I mean, some of these kids couldn't catch a fucking fly ball. Like I don't want to deal with that shit. Uh, well, having so. coached little kids since my kids went through the, the phase of being, little and, and dealing with that and coaching them in sports and also having coached high school football or high school basketball and high school baseball. There are some times that I would rather have the little kids because the high schoolers can be such fucking assholes. And, and like when I coached baseball, they were all like kids that I knew that I'd grown up or grown up around and they were still just miserable assholes. And I would tell every one of them to their face yeah. today as in a high school, you were definitely an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess when I, when I would coach the, when I eventually started coaching the, uh, the older kids, it was like a feeder team for the high school varsity. And so like my opinion of these kids would actually determine a lot of their future in terms of like, because the, the high school that I was coaching for, uh, when I played, we were either like number one or number two in the state. And so, um, it's a, it's a very competitive program and these kids are trying to make that team. And so I'm coaching them over the summer and then the coach is going to ask me, Hey, what do you think of this kid? What do you think of that kid? So if they were being little fucking pricks, um, it was going to really come back to bite them in the ass. And I think they knew that. So, uh, that was always nice, but <laughs> anyway, I, I just, I, I don't understand this whole pedophilia ring that's going on in DC and we're never going to get to the fucking bottom of it. I wonder if, either of those people are in uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's client list. You know, the woman that got sentenced for child trafficking uh, kids to an unknown amount of people, uh, unknown so, people, but she's. Uh, what's going on with that? Cause there was a, a judge had ordered that the uh, client list be unsealed or at least the flight oh. logs. Is the judge still alive or did he have uh a meeting with the Clintons. I'm going to say they probably put that motherfucker in protective custody immediately. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, that takes some, at this point it takes some balls. And, you know, we were talking about this sort of on the, um, on the happy hour on Friday where it's like, why isn't the media covering this? Like where are the reporters and everything? I was like, I think a lot of these reporters have seen the writing on the wall and it's not like so much that maybe they care about their careers as much as they value their lives and they're not willing to take the risk that, you know, they're going to commit suicide with two to the back of the head. <laughs> On the Maybe that's the why day, we, were, we were talking about uh, the movie eyes wide shut. And like, that seemed like a really, you know, wild out there kind of movie, but now, you know, it, it seems a little more close to probably reality than, than fiction. <laughs> yeah. 
I wonder what sort of market research they did in uh, in preparation for that film. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but yeah, that was a weird one. Should probably watch that again now that I have a completely different perspective on life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's this weird thing. I guess when you get like filthy rich and like really powerful, that there's nothing there's nothing else that like gives you like thrills or pleasure or something. I don't know. For most of us, it's just like, oh yeah, I just want to have all this money so that I can like fly places and travel and do whatever the hell I want to do and eat anything I want and buy anything I want and just have a lot of fun. But these people have just been doing it their whole lives. And so they're sick of that. And the only thing that's like taboo now for them is going after little fucking kids. That's the only uh, sort of sense. If I'm trying to get into their mindset, like that's my, uh, that's my analysis of it. I don't know. I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to understand it. Huh? That's yeah. a bit too far. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big club. What, what, who was it that said, uh, it's a big club and you ain't in it. And I, I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, Carlin, shit, the, uh, yeah. George Carlin, the comedian. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah. Yeah, I have no desire. I think, and that's the problem. Like anybody with the desire to be in that club is like a complete narcissist piece of shit for the most part. And they just naturally gravitate toward that area. And now we have a bunch of fucking psychopaths running the country with all of this like unlimited, unchecked power. And yeah, they're getting psychopaths. Have you seen all the, the, leftist nutsos that are like coming to Hunter Biden's defense and like taking up for him on like the pedo stuff, especially like just completely tip your hand. Then like y'all are, you were, you were telling us everything we need to know about you. Like you are, you are the embodiment of the stereotype that the right says is wrong with the left. Like good God, be a little less on the nose. Right. No, you know, I haven't seen a lot of that, but it does not surprise me that there are these apologists out there. Like personally, I don't care about the hookers and the blow or the, you know, the crack, whatever you want to do with uh, consenting adults, like have fun. I prefer you didn't do it on the taxpayer time. Um, But yeah, this idea that like, oh, like, I don't know. There's all these weird indications now in society of this push to normalize pedophilia. And you're, you're seeing it like on Netflix with that kid. What was that? Uh, cuties or whatever the fuck it was called. It's just weird shit like that. And then the, the, the gay pride stuff where they're basically putting on like strip stripper shows in front of these kids and giving them dollar bill. Like there's a weird fucking thing going on to try to normalize this. And and have you seen, there have been at least six that I'm aware of, of like organizers or people who are, who run the not-for-profits that uh, bankroll, like all of these um, drag queen story hour, the uh, drag shows for kids, like all of this stuff, at least six of them that I know for sure have had reports come out where they've found child porn on their computers. They've been um, arrested and are being, are being prosecuted for 
child pornography or um, sexually abusing children or something like like that. It it's rampant in that community, and the like the left just keeps turning a blind eye to it and acting like, well, that's just an isolated case. And then three days later, there's another one that gets reported, and then another one. And then another one, it's like, well, they're just all isolated cases. It's like at, at some point you've built a, you know, you've, you've kind of built your book of evidence that, no, this isn't isolated. This is kind of this shtick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the equivalent of the Catholic church hiding on, you know, it's a, and it's a religion. So it's like, you just keep sweeping this shit under the rug and it's absolutely disgusting. And the other thing is like, when you create this sort of atmosphere where like, questioning it is like oh you're you're anti you know you're a uh, anti-lgbtq or you're a homophobe or you're a transphobe it's like no, no 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 it has nothing to do with that uh in general it's uh you're like sexualizing kids and it's fucking disgusting and it needs to stop but you know since these people could be framed in a way that makes them look bad in their circles um, I think there's a lot of hesitancy, even from people that find it disturbing, to speak out against it. And they fostered that atmosphere. We, we fostered an atmosphere of like uh, colossal pussies that are too afraid to, to speak out against things that are just so obviously wrong and have no place in society. Like, I don't know what the fuck people are like. The idea that you'd be afraid to speak out against that is uh is crazy to me but you, you we've seen examples of this where like people will like lose their jobs and shit because what they've said will get taken out of context and then you know the the cancel culture comes from them and it's just like dude we need to cancel the cancel culture and the only way to do that is to stop apologizing stop sweeping things under the rug stop letting things go just because the, the person that's, uh, you know, instigating these things that you're speaking out against has this bullshit government like force field that we've put around them. We've granted them special privileges. They're now this protected class that can't do anything wrong. No, no, fuck that. That's another good reason why we just need individual rights. We don't get rights as groups. We don't get special privileges because we like to chop off our dicks or we like to suck dick or whatever. You get rights as an individual and that's it and these special privileges and these like government anointed statuses that they're giving people it really needs to stop like it, it just leads us down this path where people are afraid to criticize them for for very legitimate uh criticism so uh, that was the that was kind of the theme or the larger overall theme of the live stream I did last Friday which was my episode that came out today uh was looking at, so we talked about uh, the coddling of the American mind, which looks at the college and universities uh, in the mid to early 2000s and then early 20 teens, uh, where like Ben Shapiro was getting canceled and all of these different uh, speakers who would go to college campuses were, were getting run off campus. And then you saw like the Evergreen College thing where, where they basically just turned the entire college over to mob rule by the psychopath woke students and like teachers got fired and stuff like that. And then like a lot of other examples where you had university professors who would make the <laughs> horrific um, suggestion that maybe instead of behaving like complete psychopaths, we should dial it back a little bit and 
have reasonable conversations with people and then they would get fired or be forced to resign because they'd like be physically accosted and have people threatening them nonstop. And so like you saw like definitively leftist professors at big universities that were losing their jobs or quitting their jobs and leaving academia altogether because of the cancel culture psycho the psychosis. Like you either you either align perfectly one hundred percent with whatever they say, or you are their enemy and they will have you removed physically by force. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Rechtenwald is a great example of that. Uh, he was one of those professors and he he stood up against this like PC like ridiculous culture. And now he's the anti-PC professor on Twitter. And hopefully we're going to get him down to the or to the uh, Puerto Vallarta super spreader this year. Uh, I know we, we couldn't make it work last year. He had some complications and it was just uh, just bad timing altogether. All but hopefully we'll get him down this year. But yeah, it's like he was like on the fucking forefront of that whole fucking thing. And, you know, it it's tough because like I don't know what you do. Because like, I get why you would leave the system if you're one of these professors, but then it's like, how do you, you know, how do you bring about change if you're not going to do it from within? And I think you just have to let this system collapse on itself. And it's got to be very close to doing that right now. I mean, when you get to the point where they're just like, okay, we're going to forgive these student loans and just make college free, quote unquote free. Um, it's, it's very near, uh, just total collapse and being completely worthless. So, well, that's kind that's of a good a, segue into the the new report that came out. I guess it was today that inflation is at nine point one percent. And and I mean, you and I both know if if they're reporting this at nine nine point one, it's probably double. twelve or thirteen, if not more. I mean, I, honestly, I would double it. I would double it. Like the um, if they calculated it the way, if you guys ever go to Shadow Stats. Um, he still, he'll do the methodology to calculate the CPI the way they did in the nineties and the eighties. And when it was running around like seven to 8%, he would calculate it the way they did in the eighties. And it was like, yeah, somewhere between like 15 and 17%. So it's like, yeah, feel free to fucking double it. And even then like the, the CPI is still just a flawed way of calculating inflation because it's just measuring prices. Um, I, I had a fucking, uh, one of those like granola bars today and it's like 20% of the fucking wrapper is air and they, you know, they, they still have the same size box and the same size wrapper, but you're getting like 20% less. And I guarantee you the price of that is actually gone up as well. And yeah, you're getting 20% less and paying 10% more. The inflation is out of control. It's absolutely out of control. I don't know why every time you read a headline, it's like inflation unexpectedly rose to 9.1%. I was like, the only thing that I'm, I'm uh, surprised about is that it's not higher. <laughs> why would you expect it to go down at this point? Well, they raised a, they gave us a 75 basis point hike. Uh, okay. Are we, are we under 2% still? And inflation admittedly has been at 7%. Now it's at 9%. What, what do you think is going to bring this down? And why is it surprising when uh, the number prints higher and higher? So talk about that a little bit. Um, maybe go into some details about the the seventy five percent increase in in the interest rates and how that's 
I guess maybe the uh, the cliff notes or the the dumbass version of how does that uh, combat inflation or intended and what and what are potentially the consequences of that? Because I I know it's okay. going it's going to create some uh, it's going to create some economic hardship, but it's that's kind of a deliberate thing to combat the inflation. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee. Promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're basically just talking about the, the price of money when we're talking about interest rates, right? And so essentially what the, what the Fed has to do in order to keep interest rates low is um, create a bunch of money out of thin air and buy government bonds, treasury bills, treasury uh, uh, bonds, and things like that to keep the, the interest rates down. So when we say that the, the Fed, Federal Reserve is targeting a certain rate, right, or they're raising rates, they're talking about the federal funds rate. And this is set by the Federal Open Market Committee. And it's the rate of interest charged on interbank uh, transactions, essentially. The banks basically use it as a benchmark for interest rates of all kinds of other investments and securities. So this is the rate that all the banks use when they're lending money to each other, usually on like an overnight basis. And that's sort of the the benchmark for all their other lending practices. You know, what it, what it costs a bank to borrow money is their, their baseline for what they're going to charge you to borrow money and what they're going to pay you on your savings account and where uh, all, all sorts of investment rates are, the, the treasury bonds, treasury bills, five years, 10 years, uh, 30 years, all kinds of things are based off of those rates. Like housing uh, mortgage rates are based off of the 10-year rate. So this rate from this Fed funds rate flows like a whole host of economic activity. And the way the, the Federal Reserve does this is they say they're, they're targeting an interest rate. They usually give you a range. You know, it's like 0 to 0.25 was the range for a really long time. Right now, after the, the recent 75 point, uh, basis point hike, and a basis point is just one one hundredth of a percent. So I think we were at 1% before they hiked the 75 basis points. So now their, their range is 1.5 to 1.75%. They target a range, and the way they do that is by adjusting the money supply, by essentially creating money and buying bonds with it. So they'll they'll create money. All these banks have accounts at the Federal Reserve, and they'll just throw money into these accounts with a keystroke and use that money to buy uh, bonds from the federal government, which puts dollars into circulation. Now, the more they do this, the more they increase the money supply, the lower interest rates will go. 
Okay. Now, uh, if they're going to raise rates, it's, it's sort of like the opposite is happening. Instead of putting more money into the circulation, they're, I wouldn't say they're taking money out of circulation because they're really not, but they're putting less money into circulation. And basically in order to get the in inflation under control, when it was the last time it was running near these levels was in the, the late seventies and in the eighties, like we had uh, Paul Vol Volcker at the, the helm of the fed and he had to essentially raise interest rates to 18%, I think 18, 20%, somewhere around there, which it, the inflation rate was only around like six or 7%. So we had to go very, very high in order to sort of put a, you know, put a lid on that runaway inflation. And, um, you know, when you have an entire economy that's built around debt, like everything is debt financed now in the U.S., in, including like the entire government. But like everything people are doing, you know, we're buying houses. You, you borrow money to do that. Uh, people are borrowing money to buy cars. They're borrowing money just to buy groceries at this point on their credit cards and things like that. But we have very little savings and the entire economy is, is basically just uh, people borrowing now. And because rates were so low, they could afford to do that and sort of service the debt. Um, not, not so much anymore. And if you're measuring the economy the way government tends to and, and Keynesians want to, where it's like spending and like how many people are traveling and doing these things like government spending and personal spending and consumption. This, these are all the things that they care about. All of that stuff goes way, way down when you can no longer borrow in order to do it and you actually have to pay for it up front. So we're, go we're gonna start to see the economy uh, take a big, big turn downwards, I think, as these, these rates go higher and higher. Uh, less people are going to be able to borrow money. There'll be uh, you know, a bigger portion of the federal budget is going to go towards servicing the debt, um, which is, you know, we have a $30 trillion debt now. I, <laughs> rates can't go that high before like the entire budget is, is going towards interest payments on the debt. I don't know. Did I answer your question? I just started, started rambling. No, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a good, I just thought it would be a, a good opportunity to kind of give a sort of a, a quick once over for people who don't necessarily understand kind of what's going on with all of that and, and why, why the, the fed raising interest rates is an important thing. And also why it's probably going to create a, uh, it's not going to make things better in the short term. Yeah. The, they've made the economy sick and it's time to take the medicine and, you know, medicine is, is not, you know, it's no fun having to take medicine, that bitter tasting pill but it will make you feel better in the long run. But in the, in the short run, all these things that have been propping up the economy, you know, creating that wealth effect that the Federal Reserve was trying to do by increasing people's stock portfolios and the value of their houses, that's all gonna come crashing down because it was all based on debt, all of it. I mean, the, the housing prices could have never gone as high as they have if, interest rates weren't kept artificially low. People would never be able to afford these prices with realistic interest rates. And if you look at the stock market, you know, we've talked about this before on the show, all of these um, stock buyback programs that companies are engaging in, they're borrowing money at zero, like really, really low interest rates below the rate of inflation. 
and buying back stock and that drives up the price of their stock. So all of this is going to stop and you have to get above. I mean, it just makes sense if you think about it, why you at least need to get above the rate of inflation in order to stop inflation from increasing. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to continue to increase the money supply, even if it's just by a little bit every month, inflation's still going to go up. It's not going to go down until you get the rates above that uh, rate of inflation and you start pulling money out of the money supply. That's what inflation is. Like they they like to describe it as increased prices and that is just that is just not the right definition. And that's intentional because when it's price increases, the government can come out and they can blame greedy corporations and Putin and everything like that because prices are going up and people are seeing prices going up. And it's obviously, it's these price gougers. Greed has run amok again. It has nothing to do with the federal government and their um, so-called private wing of the Federal Reserve, which is you know private in name only, it has nothing to do with their monetary policy. Of course not. It's these greedy corporations. Government didn't do anything wrong. But in actuality, the... <laughs> what inflation is, is it's an increase in the money supply. The effect of that can be an increase in prices, but it doesn't necessarily have to man manifest itself in price increases, as we've talked about before on this show. That's just one of the many things, you know, like you, you might just get less of whatever you're buying. Or maybe prices were supposed to go down, and they were gonna, and they actually, you know, stayed the same. It's it's a a price increase without you actually noticing it. So they like to, you know, change these definitions ever so slightly. You know, it's an important distinction to make, though. And if you just look at the word inflation, that's like you know, you inflate a balloon. The balloon expands. You expand the money supply. Uh, deflation. You deflate the balloon. You shrink the money supply. It has nothing to do with increasing and decreasing of prices. <laughs> that why, they wouldn't call it inflation and deflation if it was if they were talking about prices going up and down because that's not how inflate and deflate works. Inflate and deflate is expansion and contraction. Prices don't expand and contract. They go they increase and they decrease. The money supply expands and contracts, although mostly just expanding under this Federal Reserve. Hence, all of the the inflation and subsequent price increases. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yes, yeah. We well, we we do need like a big reset of all these things because when you're when you basically have the Fed uh, instituting price controls, this is all they're doing. It's they're controlling the price of money and they're artificially keeping it cheap. So you're gonna get. Um, you know, it's a simple supply and demand kind of thing. You're going to get a lot more dollars in circulation and the value of those dollars are going to go down. If you have more of them, the amount of goods and services that are being produced is probably going down or maybe it's staying the same, but it's not uh, keeping pace with the amount of uh, money that they're putting into the the system. You know, the, the Fed can print money out of thin air. They can't, unfortunately, they're not like Star Trek or whatever. You can't just like press that button and have like something come into fruition, like a good, you know, a good or a service or something like that. They can't print that thing. That stuff has to be produced 
And in order to produce things, you have to, you know, save and you have to, um, uh, work, you know, it's like savings and investment are actually what drive the, the economy, not the, the consumption is the easy part that comes after people have uh, saved and invested and worked towards something. And we've been living far beyond our means. I, I post something uh, about this sort of in the dis on our discord thing. I don't know. Maybe we should link to that because we could use some more, uh, some more people on there, but like I'm seeing, I'm starting to see a lot of like loan applicate, like people are, They've already got a first mortgage and a second mortgage. And now they're because they can't really refinance anymore because rates are going up. They're applying for a home equity line of credit. And they've already got like if you look at their loan docs, they've got, you know, a thirty thousand dollar car loan. They got another twenty five thousand dollars in various credit card debt. They've got a, a thirty five thousand dollar second mortgage. Their house is worth one hundred and forty thousand. And now they're applying for a home equity line of credit of like 30,000. And it's like, dude, they have been going back to this well and it's tapped fucking dry. And the reason they're doing this is to like consolidate a lot of their debt. A buddy it's, of mine has, had shared with me this morning um, that they are, they're issuing subprime mortgages or not subprime mortgages, subprime loans for like vehicle purchases and stuff. Like uh -huh. um, if that, if that phrase, the subprime mortgage, rings any bells for, you know, people who were alive in 2008, um, this isn't yeah. a good thing. No, and honestly, I mean, they've been doing this for a really long time. It was not long after the whole 2008 collapse that they went right back into these practices. Like, they put a couple of little, like, things in place. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to verify income. They're not going to the extent that they were leading up to 2008, where you get these that what they call ninja loans, like no income verification, no job, no nothing. And they'll give you a loan with a teaser rate or something like that. But yeah, the, these loans, I mean, all of these programs are still in place. Uh, all of these government sponsored entities are still churning out fucking loans to people. And when you hear subprime, just think of, uh, I was actually just, um, I was watching uh, on one of my flights, I was watching The Big Short because, uh, I don't know, every once in a while, I just go back and watch that movie. But it's like when you hear subprime, just think shit. <laughs> like it's just, it's just a bad loan that a bank would never give to somebody if uh, we didn't have artificially low interest rates, if the government wasn't guaranteeing this and that, and they weren't going to be on the hook for it. Uh, if, if a bank knows with 100% certainty that they could loan money to somebody who could never pay it back. But as soon as they loan out that money, a government-sponsored entity is going to buy that loan and then sell it off into the secondary market or something like that. Of course, they're going to make it because they collect all the fees and then they unload the risk of that onto somebody else. And that, I mean, that sort of thing has still been going on to this day. And we just don't know how bad it is, how bad all of this uh, malinvestment is because the uh, rates have been artificially held down by the Federal Reserve through their uh, money printing and, you know, basically buying government debt, you know, loaning money to the government, essentially. So when these interest rates rise and these bubbles start to burst, that's when we see the extent of how bad the investments that they've been making over the last 10 years have been.
and it's probably more than 10 years at this point. I mean, yeah, March 2009 were the March lows of the market. So think you know, to, since 2009, they have we've had 0% interest rates, essentially. They got up under 2%, like one and a half, maybe one and a quarter or something like that under Trump briefly. And that was that seemed to be too much for the market to to stomach. And they've been back down under 1% since then. Um, these, these little hikes that they're doing, it's really not going to do much except uh, just <laughs> burst these bubbles, which we need to have happen. You cannot have an economy that's just debt financed horseshit the entire time. Like I, I always make this point. I was like, if that's the way you could run a, a country, it would just be so easy. Just print up a bunch of money and dole it out to people. And, you know, loan money to the banks for free, have them loan it out at like 2%. So they're making 2%. And just like, there would be no poverty. There would be no poverty if it was like consumption that drove the economy. But if you have it completely backwards, that's that kind of explains why there is poverty. Because the natural state of people, uh, you know, we're born into this world naked. We have nothing. It's only through, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess sacrifice maybe, but like, you know, uh, delayed gratification, you know, you have to save, you have to invest in labor saving devices and plant and equipment to create things to increase your productivity in the future. Uh, you know, if, if we never did that, if we were just living hand to mouth, like a bear or something, we would have the econ like the same lifestyle as a bear, you know, they don't have shelter, they don't have cars, they don't have any of this shit because they're not able to increase their productivity. We've been lucky enough, you know, we have these very dexterous hands, we have the opposable thumbs and we have these gigantic brains. And so we figured out that, yeah, if you forego instant gratification and you save something and you invest in the future, and that investment was a, a proper investment, you know, it was a good use of resources, then you'll increase your productivity over time and you'll, you'll be able to produce more. You'll be able to produce a surplus in the future and that will free up more time and more resources to do other things and specialization and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there has not been a lot of that going on. And when the, when the government keeps interest rates really low, it sort of screws up the whole timing of everything because businesses that would invest in the future that would be saving uh, for the future, they're, they're looking at interest rates and they're making determinations based on that, whether or not they should be investing in something that's going to pay off in 10 years or not. You know, if interest rates are really low, that would tell them, Hey, yeah, invest in the future because borrow real cheap and you can increase your productivity and you can bring something to market down the line. And, um, if interest rates are really high, it's more expensive to do that. And that would indicate that people are going to be saving more and spending less. So there's like the whole timing thing of, uh, production and consumption and like sort of the whole, um, the process from bringing, you know, creating something and bringing it to market. Interest rates play a very big part of that. And when you screw up the, the rate of what that should be, you screw up the timing of that and you, you get these booms and these busts. You got all these people that had been investing in the future and the future comes and it turns out that nobody has any money to buy the things that they were thinking they would have. 
because uh, the in- they lied to you about the interest rates. They lied to you about uh, what you know the the actual savings rates. It had nothing to do with what people were actually doing with their money. It all it had to do was politics and what the Federal Reserve was doing. Um, they've done a colossal job of fucking up the economy, just like they've done a an incredible job of screwing everything up. If you really want something to get screwed up, get the government involved. That's how you do it. They've never fixed anything. They've never made anything better. There's there's literally nothing no one can ever point to. You can't point to one government program that made anything better. You can't point to one policy that made anything better. You can't point to one person whose life was made better than government other than these fucking pedophiles in Washington that have been stealing everybody's money. Their lives are obviously getting exponentially better and the lobbyists that, that pay them off as well. But the actual people that they claim to be helping out and the businesses they claim to be helping out, nothing they ever do makes anything better. It just, it just throws a wrench in the works, makes everything worse, and creates uh, 10 times the amount of problems you started with. I was going to say NASA and the moon landings, but those aren't really people that need help. Those were just Nazis were the ones who benefited from that. It was also faked. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like imagine if, uh, you know, a private company like uh, SpaceX or something was going to the moon versus the, the government doing it and just like, you know, wasn't Elon like just attaching like parachutes and shit to the, the parts that would like drop off as you're entering the atmosphere. Whereas like the government would just like let them crash and burn. It's like, no, no, we're going to save that. Like we can salvage that and use it again. It's actually a useful product. You can, you can, you know, recycle. If yeah. NASA would go green, it would solve all of the world's problems. Right. Right. Well, and it is just, I don't know what people, I don't know how to get through to people on uh, to this end where they're just like, yeah, we don't have enough, like we don't have a big enough safety net or like people can't get food and like all these things. And I was like, listen, like I agree. I want everybody to have food and I want everybody to have shelter and education and all these things. But at what point do you look around at the results that government has produced in these arenas and, and, and stop thinking that it's a matter of they need more funding. Because if I were to ask you 30 years ago how much funding you would need, your wildest dream, like throw out your, the biggest number you can fucking imagine to take care of these things, I guarantee you we have 10x that by now. And the results are abysmal. They're absolutely abysmal. And every year, failure after failure, they just keep coming back to the fucking, coming back to the trough. Like we need more money, obviously. Uh, it's, a, it's a funding problem. That's the reason why we can't provide uh, food and housing and education to everybody. It's like, no, no, no. You've, you've got plenty of money. You've got plenty of programs. Like, how many federal uh, food programs are there now? Like 18 or 20 or something like that? And you're telling me that's not enough? You need 22. The 23rd one, that's really what's going to solve the, the hunger crisis in America. It's like, come on, man. Come on. You have to look. You have to take a sobering look at this. Realize it's not working. And then think to yourself, well, why isn't it working? Maybe like there's something wrong in my thought process here. Like what, what about this sort of approach to providing things is not working and why isn't it working? And when you actually take a sobering look at that and you, you talk to libertarians or you read some libertarian literature, you'll see that like everything about it is wrong. 
the the incentive structure is wrong um the the mechanisms they use they they don't have like um signals to tell them what to do other than voting which is like okay um we all know the problems with voting i think at this point and that's maybe a discussion for another day but like there's no they don't have like a profit and loss system to tell them what to do with what resources and the best use of x and and y and why you should do this and instead of doing that there's there's nothing like that in government it's all just like fucking guesswork if you're being generous and if you're being honest it's more just like they're acting in their own self-interest and unfortunately the the people in control as we alluded to earlier are a bunch of pedophiles so uh, narcissistic pedophiles acting in their own self-interest is not going to get you a great society. <laughs> so you brought up you brought up Elon and SpaceX. Uh, good opportunity to touch on Elon pulling out of the the bid to buy Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I can't say that that totally surprised me. Um, I initially I was like, I don't think this is going to happen. But then, like the deeper we got into it, I was like, maybe he is going to pull this off. Um, and then, yeah. The bots, which I think is there, there's something very, very interesting about that. I saw a tweet and then it kind of disappeared. I don't know if Twitter got rid of it or it just like sort of got you know jumbled up in my feed or something. But somebody did like a a quick um, audit of like the Twitter users versus like you know how many users they say there are in the last like week in the last month like how many have, are verified how many have tweeted in the last month and in the last week and it was like dude it was like 1% of the accounts had actually sent a tweet in the last and i only got to look at this for like a minute so i could be jumbling these numbers a little bit but it was like shocking how you know it was like a bi over a billion users but like only like a few hundred thousand, maybe a million something had tweeted in the last month. But yeah, I, I had talked to uh, Rimzo Martinez on my show. I don't, it's been probably eight or 10 months ago, um, but we talked about social media and like the different alternative media platforms that are coming up. But we also talked about Twitter and, and like, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not like some great secret or something that, that Twitter's keeping. Like it was projected that, at some point in the next like five years, uh, the number of Twitter users will outpace the number of actual human beings on the planet. So like, I, and I, I can't say anything. I mean, I've got four accounts myself. So, <laughs> and like, and that's just my account and three burners. That's not like show accounts that I that I run and do work for. Like, that's just straight up my me and all of my alternate personalities. Yeah, right. Yeah, so if if you're just like a normal person, you could have your personal one, and if you have a company or a business, you have one for that. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I think Twitter really overplayed their fucking hand when they went with five a five percent number. If they had been a bit more honest, like he might have gone for it. If you had said like fifth, like twelve, fifteen percent, maybe twelve percent or something. He'd been like, all right, that might be within the ballpark. But it's like it, it's looking like it's like fifty percent is like complete bullshit, and um, maybe more. Who knows? Like it, it sounds like they might be going to court, and they're going to have to disclose this. So he's going to get some discovery action. Which is, I don't know if he's playing four D chess at this point. 
if he actually ever intended to buy I can't get a read on Elon. He's like such a weird guy. I can't I can't figure him out. But I always knew if you guys remember when we first started talking about this, I was very skeptical of the financing that he was using to do this. It never made any sense to me. It seemed very risky and like really stupid. <laughs> so, um, and that's just me. Like I'm kind of an idiot. But if I'm looking at it, I'm like, whoa, dude, I don't know. You're really exposing yourself here. I, I got to imagine that he would have thought that through as well. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of very interesting things that are going to take place here because Twitter initially didn't want to sell it to him. And then, uh, and now they're like trying to force them to buy it. It's a, it, it's a great fucking story, man. It's fucking hilarious around every turn. It's just like, ah, we're not going to sell it to you. How dare you? And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to take like a controlling stake here and basically force you to do it. And then I'm going to pull out of the deal. And then you're going to turn around and tell me, no, 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 you have to buy it. <laughs> Whew. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, the, the, we are certainly living in the uh, the wildest timeline. Speaking speaking of that, did you see uh, John Bolton admit to staging coups in other countries on you know, live I, television? I, I did not see him admit to it live. I saw the headline. I think it might have been on Zero Hedge or something, but I didn't have time to read the article today. And I was like, okay, first of all, that's yeah, they're getting like much more like blatant about everything they don't even try to hide anything anymore they don't try to hide their lies they don't try to hide like the whole fucking puppet show they got going on the reporter that was interviewing him said something to the effect of well it just kind of seemed like they were a bunch of idiots and they weren't really very well organized and that seems to be kind of the way that the coups go and then sean bolton is just like and now let me tell you i have I have led and staged and organized a number of coups in other countries. Not not in this country, mind you, but in other countries. And, and there is a lot of planning that goes into it. It's not just it's not just a bunch of idiots who are going to like oh effectively run a, a a coup and overthrow a established government. Like, um, dude, I don't think you were supposed to say that out loud. Uh, like, not wow. definitely not on live television. Oh my god, I would love to hear. We should have you should have queued up the fucking audio for that one. That is unbelievable. Oh my God. And again, it's like, it's going to get, you know, written up on zero hedge or something like that, you know, sort of like these obscure sites that not a lot of people frequent, at least uh, a lot of mainstream people, you know, uh, people that run in alternative circles go to those types of sites for news stories. But, right. It's yeah, going like to be on Breitbart and the Federalist and, and um, yeah, zero hedge. Right. Um, people that already knew this, that this was going on who are getting once again, like proven correct, rightfully so. But it's like the people that um, doubt them around, doubt us around every corner. Like why you would doubt me at this point is beyond me. Don't doubt me. But yeah, those people, they're out there with their fucking head in the sand. They're never going to see this, these clips, uh, just like they're never going to see the, the Hunter Biden stuff. Um, it's, it's really hard to get through to these people when, uh, the media is providing so much cover for them. Yeah, I, man, I don't. It that's the thing that has really kind of been, uh, I don't know, disheartening is like they'll say this stuff, like they they literally say it out loud with no irony to it whatsoever, like just openly admit to stuff. And if you if you play that clip for 
some like you know psycho leftist or even the stuff where um, where they talk about the the vaccines and and uh, how they canceled the animal trials because the animals were dying so they just stopped doing animal trials like when they actually admit to these things if you go and you show that to, to them they're like yeah that that's not right though like but it but it is like this, this is literally that. a human being saying it out loud like it's a hundred percent right it's not, this isn't like some fabricated yeah. made-up thing like yeah but that's i don't believe that it doesn't matter what you believe, you dipshit. Yeah, it's like this is not a faith thing. This is these are fat like the new world order, the new liberal order, like all that shit. They'll come out and talk about that blatantly. Um, uh, there are like there are people that will take that stuff to like really far extremes, which I think is why. Um, they, they do themselves a disservice because it's easy. It's easier to write it off when you're when they talk about like a new world order or something like that. And you have this like really far out there extremist view of exactly what that means when. Um, right. Like Alex it, Jones and the gay frogs and the dream. Right. And all that. It's like, but, yeah, that's what people have been conditioned to think of when they hear these words. And so it's like, we are telling you the truth. You are hearing it right from the fucking horse's mouth, but um, you've been conditioned to think like 10 times crazier than, than what's actually being told. And so even though you're hearing something like that's completely true and reasonable, when it like goes through your, the fucking processing of your brain, you're thinking it was like Alex Jones shit. They're turning the fucking frogs gay. And so then you immediately just be like, ah, oh, no, that's not true. That's not what's going on. There's like a weird well, disconnect you know, there. Yeah. So with the whole thing with the, the new world order and all of that, what's going on with, uh, with the European union. And, um, have you been paying attention to number one, the strikes that have been going, or I don't know if you want to call them strikes, the protests, the former protests that have been going on, uh, in what is it? Germany, Italy, France, the Netherlands, and then, and then also uh, Boris Johnson was he didn't he wasn't forced to resign, but he was more or less forced to resign as prime minister of Great Britain. And then Emmanuel Macron is being he's actually being forced to resign as the prime minister of France. Like some of these big uh, some of these big WEF um, like figureheads are getting run out of their positions. What's there's some there's some really crazy stuff going on in Europe right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always think back to the, do you remember the yellow vest protests from like, God, it was like three or four years ago now. That was you like one of the really first, good episode about all those. Yeah. That was like one of the first episodes I did was covering the yellow vests in France. And I think we're, we're starting to see sort of the, the culmination of that. It's spreading like a virus um, throughout all of all of these European countries that are connected through, you know, this derivative of a government, which is just like the worst idea. A government's a terrible idea. A government of governments is like exponentially worse. It's like the dumbest fucking idea ever. That's like on the level with we were talking about like the the housing crisis where they had the the collateralized uh, debt obligation, like the CDOs. So they had mortgage backed securities. And then they had all these derivatives based off of that. And it's just like, you're taking like a, a bet of a bet of a bet. 
And when you're taking a derivative of a bad bet or you're taking a derivative of a bad idea and you're, you're basically making it exponentially worse. I, I haven't been following like the individual uh, country protests that closely, probably as close as I should. I I've just been sort of, um, you know, paying attention. Like I'll hear, I'll be like, Oh yeah, it's in Italy now. And it's like, Oh, oh Germany starting to feel the pinch. And when Germ and Germany is the big one because Germany is like one of the few fucking countries over there that actually works and, and saves money and produces things. Uh, a lot of these other countries have sort of been living off the fucking backs of the German economy for a long time. They are far less profligate than, um, you know, the, the Italy's and the France's of the world. And so I think w when they start to, uh, to, to feel the pain over there, that could really turn the tides of, of this whole system. And, you know, the Euro, the Eurozone is, I mean, this is relatively new. It's like as old as I am. And uh, granted, yes, I ride a bicycle and I break my leg, but <laughs> still relatively young. So th these are all just experiments. We have, we don't really have a, you know, something that we can really look back on and see like, this is how this is going to end. Like these are, this is the biggest experiment we've had with like 0% interest rates with negative interest rates in some of these European countries. Uh, this is like the biggest experiment we've had with fiat money and like a bunch of countries, like all in on this whole monetary system, um, borrowing and spending. Like we've had that little example. That was what uh, happened with uh, Sri Lanka. Like the, the, now former prime minister of Sri Lanka had like this big plan, uh, how he was going to make Sri Lanka one of the, uh, like the most wealthy countries in the world by 2025. And a lot of it was basically just taking everything straight out of a Keynesian play playbook and running with it full steam ahead. And the, the economy is like in like full blown collapse and the, the people rose up and, executed a legitimate insurrection, ran him out of his presidential mansion. Uh, there were, did you see the videos of him and like his staffers and stuff, like literally running to get on this boat? Like, it was crazy. I, that. I saw them storming the, the building. I never saw them actually fleeing. Literally and fleeing. Like not, not with, not with like police escorts and they're walking and waving and getting on the boat. Like they're actually running and it's like wow. whatever they got in their hands is what they're taking on the boat with them. Like they're, they don't have escorts wow. or anything. They're just like <laughs> in full flea you should mode. Have had, should have had a much better go bag prepared for that. Yeah. You know, we've had, we've had little examples of these things falling apart. And so we can kind of extrapolate what's going to happen from those things. You know, the, the Zimbabwe's of the world, um, like you said, Sri Lanka, Venezuela. We, we've seen these things collapse before, but we've never seen like when you have like the entire fucking world engaging in this stuff all at the same time, and they're you know they're all doing the the same stupid mistakes, and we're, we're more interconnected than we ever have been before. Like we're not exactly sure how this is going to play out. The one thing I do know for sure is that it's not gonna be good and it's not gonna be easy to correct all of this shit like it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad for a lot of people i mean as if venezuela turkey greece um what was it egypt like there, there's a laundry list of countries just within the last i don't know five to seven years 
that have gone into full economic meltdown because of a lot of this same shit that is being pushed now. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. it's it's not like it hasn't been tried. It's been tried multiple times and it fails every single time. Like, how many times? How many times are you going to keep kicking yourself in the nuts before you figure out this fucking hurts? Exactly. I honestly, I don't know. Because like, it's just so obvious to me and, and you and a lot of our listeners like, dude, this is what's wrong. This is what happens when you introduce socialism and these retarded Keynesian ideas into a, a capitalist system. And when government gets too big, it collapses under its own weight and it gets super corrupt. And like, it, it, it's very obvious to us what's going on. But the people that have no idea that have been, you know, educated in government schools that haven't been introduced to the ideas of like Mises and Rothbard and Ron Paul and things like that. Like they're, they're just listening to the talking points, you know, 9.1% inflation. Oh, it's corporate greed. Obviously oh, all these corporations just need to make less, take less of a profit and we'll just be fine. Stop gouging the American people. And like when the government can have that sort of, um, that narrative take hold. It's, it's really hard to, to combat because obviously that wasn't real socialism every time it failed. And it, it, you know, failures of socialism, socialism get blamed on capitalism. And there's, there really haven't been good solid defenders of free market uh, economics of limited to no government. Like there, there hasn't been good defenders out there. Uh, especially during my lifetime to combat that narrative. Like the best you'll get is like some Republican being like, Oh yeah, you know, we should do 20% less than what the, the crazy left wants to do. Um, well, and then like the, the successes of socialism are like the Scandinavian countries, which are incredibly capitalistic just with like large social programs. It's, they're not, they're not socialists. They're not, it's not democratic socialism. It's, it's, it's capitalism done right with big social programs that, that the entirety of the population is like bought wholesale bought into. Like it's so nuts that they yeah. tout their, they tout their successes or they, they blame the failures on capitalism, but then they don't give capitalism the yeah. credit that it's due for the successes, even though those aren't, actually successes as they're defining them yeah and it well it's 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 not even that it's like they'll they'll blame late stage capitalism for things that socialism brings about where it's like the only reason any of these programs can exist is because at one point you had free market capitalism and you're you're you know you that's the host that's producing everything. And then you have these fucking parasites that are sucking the lifeblood out of that. And as the host starts to die because of the parasite, they're like, Oh, th this is late stage host problems. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It was doing fine before. And then you hopped on and you started all these like ridiculous things that brought about its slow death. And since it was slow and over a period of time, you, you, you know, you blur the issue. It's harder to pinpoint, you know, it's harder to show people that have not been paying attention, that don't read books, you know, that have grown up in government schools. It's hard to show them something 
uh, of, you know, it's hard to show them the reasoning of this. They'll have to listen to a podcast for an hour every week or something like that. There's no bumper sticker really that can, um, that can, you know, convey these ideas as succinctly as like the retarded Bernie Sanders ideas of the world where it's just like, yeah, they, they just say like a bunch of nonsense and it sounds great. But if you scratch the surface of it, it's absolutely like, I just have a, I have a tweet here from him today. He was like complaining that the government gave Moderna $2.5 billion to develop a, a, a vaccine and the, the CEO of the company or something paid himself like a $975 million bonus. Where have we seen that before? I don't know. Burn. Were you there in 2008 where you bailed out all the fucking banks and then they all paid themselves a bunch of fucking bonuses? I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't know. You're just going to keep doing the same retarded thing over and over again and expect a different result. And he votes I, for all this stuff. Like, he's, he's yeah. so, like, principled and, you know, the, the everyman uh, candidate or what the fuck ever. He votes for all of this stuff. Like, he is the government. He's like, oh, the government gave them all this money and they misused it. It's like, wow. Uh, uh, okay. Well, first of all, that's you. You are one in the same. It's, it's not like me saying that. It's like you have been nothing but in government your entire fucking life, except when you got kicked out of that fucking socialist commune for being too lazy for the fucking communists. Like Jesus Christ, dude. Um, I was say, if you can't, if you can't even hang out in a hippie commune without getting kicked out for being too lazy, like you, you were a yeah. blight on humanity. It is that is uh, that is a level of laziness and worthlessness that I can't even fucking imagine. You probably had to work people, like one hour a month doing something, and he's just like, "No, this is uh, <laughs> I don't know, a violation of my right. Nobody should have to work for their food. They should just be given things for free. It's so an this outrage." Is where this is where everybody smokes pot and nobody showers. Like, how how bad do you have to be to get kicked out of that place? Yeah. Yeah. But like his supporters back. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's that, that greedy CEO. Like, well, yeah, obviously CEOs are greedy. People are greedy. But if you don't have the government giving them $2.5 billion, there's nothing for them to do. Is there, there's no $975 million bonus for them to give themselves. Is there no, not unless love, they've created them themselves. I do love when Bernie's supporters uh, will defend why he has three houses. As if it's like a necessity. Yeah. Like, no, the, this is, he has to have those three houses. Like that's very important. And they have to be like million dollar mansions. They can't, he can't just have like regular houses. And he, he has to take all this money for these speaking gigs and all of this other stuff. And like, it's, these are all necessary things. This, this is how he helps the little man by not actually contributing. Yeah. Anything well, to and I'm man. sure he, yeah, he donated all of his book sale proceeds to charities I'm sure he did that because, you know, he's already got his nice fat uh, Senate salary. They're making 200 some odd thousand dollars a year, right? He doesn't need more I than that. I guarantee you, he did not take advantage of any tax loopholes. And he, in fact, oh, paid no. more into taxes than what he was required to so that it could go towards helping people. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm positive. Yeah. And he paid his staffers a living wage, well above the, the minimum wage. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, he he <laughs> he donates to a lot of charities, not just like political campaigns. 
uh, it, it, this guy is such a fucking charlatan. I know I've, ri- I've probably dedicated like four episodes just ripping on him. I can't stand this fucking guy. But also his ideas are just so re- – like they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. I can't even – I can't believe that he can't make the connections between these things at this point. You're like 84 years old. You haven't figured this out yet? Oh, he gave this company a bunch of money and they didn't spend it on what they were supposed to spend it on. It's like, oh, yeah, shit, you know – we gave you a bunch of money. Give you $30 trillion worth. You didn't spend it on what you're supposed to spend it on either. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't connect with him. It doesn't connect with the American people either. That this is just, this is not a good system. That I mean, I have it on good authority that they could have ended world hunger with 40 billion. So what happened to the other uh, 960? No, wait, God, yeah. I'm so off on the numbers. Uh, the other... Twenty nine trillion nine hundred and sixty billion. Like, where did where did all that money go? Yeah, we could have ended world hunger yeah. like seventy five times over, and and paid all of the teachers a living wage and upgraded school security. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that could have been done. Yeah, yeah. They gave us twelve hundred dollar checks and uh, and a swift yeah. kick in the ass with nine point one percent inflation. Well, if only they had um, school security at Uvalde. There's a transition for you, dude. I, I mean, I watched that surveillance video, and that was like worse. I don't know. For actually seeing it take place is so much worse than like in your head just being like, "What were they doing for an hour?" And it's like, "Holy shit! This is what they were doing. They were literally just fucking standing there, getting some hand sanitizer out." Um, checking your phone, walking up and down the halls. Unbelievable. I think it was, I think it was Matt Erickson said it on Twitter. If I said what I want to say in response to this video, I would get banned from Twitter. Like the, the things that watching that like stirs up inside, especially for a parent, like the things that watching that stirs up inside of a parent, like, I would do yeah. bodily harm to these people that goes beyond things that should be allowed in society. Like, if if my kids were in that school, I, I, this is yeah. justifiable cause for George Floyd riots part two. And instead of burning down the Minneapolis police department, go burn down the Uvalde police department. Like that, the one guy was playing on his fucking phone, like standing yeah. in the hall playing on his phone. I, I don't know how anybody could live with themselves a, after a display like that. Like <laughs> it really is just, I get that there's like a certain percentage of the population that like, and I don't know, I, maybe I'm one of these people that like when the bullets start flying, you just sort of freeze up and you cower in the foxhole, but Holy shit, dude. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's little kids being fucking shot and you're just standing there. You got, you got not, there's one gunman, there's one, and there's like 30 of these motherfuckers Just storm the room. You could storm him without any guns and he wouldn't be able to stop you. It's like, yeah, a couple of you, and you have all this body armor. You might take some in the vest. Maybe some of you will die. I don't know. But you got like 30 fucking cops in the hallway. Everybody's just standing around. They're fucking like Hunter Biden with a dick in his hand. 
there were like six of them within a few minutes. Like they they were they were quick to get yeah. there. Yeah, when I watched that, I was like, "All right, so far it's looking good. Like they're they're getting into the hallway, they're in like formation." I was like, "All right, now kick the fucking door in and go get this guy." And then it's just like they have to like fast forward for like twenty seven minutes later. Here comes another like six guys, and then oh god, it was I couldn't, dude. As a parent, that must be fucking gut wrenching just watching that go down. And obviously, we need gun control. You know what we do? We need to teach our children how to handle guns properly and allow them to carry on school premises so that in the event of a school shooter, they can take care of it themselves. Because I guarantee you, my son is well enough trained with a firearm that if somebody walked in his into his classroom shooting and he had a gun in his backpack, he would take them down before they were able to do any harm. Yeah, I mean, that the idea that you, you have to just sit there, literally sitting ducks, waiting for this, you know, this fantasy of a police officer, thanks to like Holly, you know, it's like you're waiting for fucking like Bruce Willis to come in barefoot running through the fucking place to take out all of these fucking bad guys. Like these cops do not fucking do that. Um, well, all of the active shooter training and responses, they teach you to run and hide and just like, I don't know, let the shooter run out of bullets. Like, when I worked at Lowe's, we had an active shooter training, and everything about it was don't confront, run away, find somewhere to hide, like, try to barricade yourself in. I'm like, this is fucking Lowe's. This is a building full of weapons. <laughs> I already know which aisle I'm going to to grab, you know, a giant fucking sledgehammer and bash this guy's skull in. Like, you're, I'm not going out without a fight. Like, Something, this is, yeah. We're literally yeah. in a store that's full of weapons. Why would I run and hide? Yeah, I, I, there's just, there's something so despicable. Uh, and I guarantee, like most of these cops, those cops are probably, well, first of all, none of them will get fired over this. They'll all get their fucking full pensions and all that shit. And they're probably back right now. They're like sitting behind some fucking wall with their radar gun, trying to catch somebody speeding so they can write you a chicken shit ticket. That's that's their role in society. It's not to protect little kids. It's not to protect and serve. It's to fucking rape and shake down. That's all they do. I've never seen a cop do anything else. Um, I would be shocked if the video, like, you know, we have a scenario like this and the cops actually do something heroic. That to me would be like the, almost the exception that proves the rule. Every experience I've had with the cops, like they couldn't care any less they can't be bothered. Some of them are just like, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Hey, somebody broke in my car. Oh, that sucks. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Keep up the good work, guys. Or, you know, I got a ticket for having an expired uh, tag on my car. And my sister took my car out, and I hadn't been home in like a year. Didn't put the new tag on. Got a ticket. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like, Not like there's uh, anything else going on in Chicago that could, um, you know, use police attention there's not 30 40 people being shot every weekend there's not uh, like people getting fucking carjacked left and right no no nothing to nothing to worry about there but your expired tag we got you for that one it, it's infuriating when when you don't have incidences like this and then when you and put they've this be like, look, they've got to be looking for that like that's it's not like you can just casually glance and see that the tags expired like you've got to be like looking at 
at the tags to see if they're expired or not. Like they're putting effort into busting people for knickknack bullshit while allowing murderers to just go about their business. Like it's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. That's, it's that's why we uh, call them fucking pigs. Right. And again, a government monopoly. I, I'm shocked that it's not yielding the results that we'd like. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine like, <laughs> Uh, imagine asking somebody like how much worse it could get. Like, okay, let's say we eliminate government, uh, you know, monopoly on the use of force. And it's like, okay. And then you have this ANCAP society. It's like, well, like what happens if a shooter goes into a school? It's like, well, I don't know, but I don't think it can get worse than 30 fucking jerk offs standing around doing nothing while six year olds get slaughtered by a maniac. I mean, is there a, a, could it have gone any worse? Could they have done a worse job? Maybe if right, they if, if they the, themselves went in there and started shooting kids. I suppose that would be worse. But they did the next best thing, which was stopping people that wanted to go in there and intervene. They prevented them from doing that. I, I mean, it could. there's almost no scenario where they could have done a worse job than what they actually did. It's a fucking nightmare. And it's a, it's a you know... It's an indictment of this whole fucking system. How anybody can look at that and, and think, yeah, we, obviously they just need more funding. That was the problem. They needed more funding. They didn't have enough officers ready to respond. It's yeah, right. dude, the, the whole thing is just a colossal disaster. And every time you look at it, it's the same culprit every single time. Bernie Sanders is complaining about something. He's complaining about the government. And prescribing more government to solve it. I, I don't get how much more evidence we need to just abolish this whole system. Or at least set up a parallel system like we talked about in the last one. Like, have fun in your retarded little society over there with your bloated government. And we'll do our thing over here. And we'll we'll check back in with me in 10 years and see how it's going. That's, that's the government way, man. Yeah. Look, we've got this problem that we may or may not have created. We definitely created it. But anyway, you give us money and we'll fix the problem. Check back in five years. The problem is now worse. Well, if you give us more money, this new solution is actually going to fix the problem. Uh, rinse and repeat. Like it's, that is the, uh, that's the government Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Yeah, man. These Ponzi schemes, especially the government ones, they last a lot longer than you'd expect. It's, uh, it's incredible how, how long they've been able to keep this game going. I think we're in the last throes of it, but again, the, it's not like the American people have been conditioned to, to um, accept the proper solutions. Once this whole house of cards collapses, when they finally run out of road to kick that can, they're not going to be looking towards free market capitalism to solve these problems. They're not going to be looking to limited government. They're going to be looking the, to the Bernie Sanders ideas of the world, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's. Um, and they're going to institute those ideas. And then we're going to have a whole nother round of, of fun, Venezuela level fun, where you have to go eat the zoo animals in order to survive. Oh, by the way, AOC had a fucking ridiculous tweet because of all these, uh, you know, there's like bounties going out now for um, information on the Supreme Court justices. 
they're paying people to locate them so they can go harass them and like run them out of restaurants and things like that. AOC posted, I guess this was like years ago. She was eating out with like her boyfriend or whatever, or no, her staff, one of her staff, I guess that said like, you should eat less burgers or something. And he's eating a burger and somebody took like a picture of it and was like, Hey, why is he eating a burger? If he said you should eat less burgers, <laughs> AOC, this delusional, delusional, dumb fucking broad, man. I mean, one of the dimmest bulbs in Congress, but not the dimmest. That still goes to uh, Aunt Esther, in my opinion. She posts this thing where it's like, the right's always talking about like, well, how would the left feel if they're harassed in public at restaurants? And she's like, look, here's what happened to me. And nobody said anything. And <laughs> just like, oh yeah, that's exactly the same. Somebody taking a picture of you, uh, you know, from behind, it didn't even look like they noticed that they were being uh, photographed. They weren't really looking or anything like that. Somebody took a picture of you and they posted it on the internet and then internet trolls made fun of you. That's exactly what's happening to Brett Kavanaugh right now on the same level, you know, <laughs> just like there's not an assassination attempt outside their house or anything like that. No, no, no. This is the equivalent in her mind, her retarded mind. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. I remembered that one. What a, well, oh. if we do get to the point where we're eating the zoo animals, the uh, the zoo here has a has a nice sized ostrich, and ostrich mm. is fucking delicious. So I'm not entirely uh, disappointed by the proposition. I yeah, I, I've I never got, had I got dibs on the ostrich. I've seen those eggs though; they're massive. Um, it, it sounds better than eating bugs, which is uh, late stage capitalism at its finest. Is when you start eating the bugs, you idiots. Um, and speaking of idiots, I, I have one more story that maybe we can address here before we wrap. Um, the 10 year old girl that got raped was impregnated and had to drive across state lines and a tragic story. No doubt. Coincidentally, weeks after the Supreme court ruling that, that overturned Roe v. Wade, we have the most unlikely scenario take place. Um, I don't think has, it was even a full week. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was le- it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was wasn't not even a full week because I think probably, the yeah. uh, I think the Ohio law had like the Ohio law wasn't even passed yet. So like that made it all the more ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, right. So um, there's a debate now, I suppose, as to whether or not this unconfirmed story is actually true. Listen. I don't think there is any truth to this story. I really don't. I think there is less than a 0% chance that this story is true. If that. It sounds like complete and utter 100% bullshit. 100% bullshit. The only thing that's true about this story is that the abortion lady that loves to perform abortions called this in. Called this story in. She made up this fucking story because this is the cartoonish world that they live in. where. You know, I mean, what percentage of uh, abortions are due to rape? It's less than 1%, right? It's like point something percent. Okay, so you have a very rare scenario to begin with. Now, what percentage of those uh, are people under the age of 15? Rape alone is uh, 0.065%. It's not even a full percentage. Dude, how many? Okay, 
here's another reason why I know this is complete bullshit. Uh, the media ran with it, so it's bullshit. But how many fucking 10-year-old girls can get pregnant? How many? I mean, has that even happened? I'm sure it's happened, but like probably because we're pumping these kids full of all these fucking hormones and shit. But uh, the odds well, of this... And then also, the Ohio um, Attorney General came out and said, like, there's been no report of any of this. Like, if if she was actually seen by a doctor in Ohio... They are legally required to report that to yeah. my office, and then we investigate it. There is no report of this, so either it didn't yeah. happen, or or this doctor who supposedly refused to perform the abortion for a ten-year-old also refused to report the rape of a ten-year-old. Uh, like, the, yeah, too no. many. <clears throat> you don't have to look into this. It didn't happen. There's 0% chance this happened. Zero. Zilch. This is the fucking Jussie Smollett of Roe v. Wade. It didn't happen. It's virtually impossible for this to fucking happen in the first place. And the odds of it happening right on the heels of Roe v. Wade is ridiculous. 0% chance this happened. However, in the extremely, almost impossible, unlikely scenario that this did happen... Having to drive across state lines a few hours to get a medical procedure done, I'm sorry, it's not a big deal for me. I, I don't give a shit. People travel thousands of miles to get medical procedures done all the time. I'm down here in Mexico. Canadians fly down here to get their teeth done. To get the, to go to the fucking dentist. They fly to Mexico. They get on a plane. They go through security. They pack a bag. They rent a hotel for a fucking week to get their teeth done. The, uh, I was the, gonna the, say, go you ahead. know who else? Go ahead. You know who else drives several miles to cross borders and have medical procedures done? Canadians with their great universal health care. They drive their happy asses to the US and have all sorts of medical procedures done because it's so much yeah. more efficient and. But even if it's not, like maybe you have to go see a specialist. Maybe your specialist is in another state and you got to go do it. Okay. Uh, that's the end of the world here. She had to drive from Ohio to Indiana. Uh, what, what are we talking about here? Three hours. You can drive across the entire state in five. So it couldn't have been more than, and I don't know why you wouldn't just go the other way. If you were more than halfway towards the next, like, this is so fucking retarded. Anybody that ran with this story should not be allowed to run with another story. I I'm sorry. This is just so fucking stupid. This is as dumb as Jussie Smollett, three o'clock in the morning, 50 degrees below zero. This is MAGA country, downtown Chicago. Give me your Subway sandwich or what? Like, dude, this is so fucking stupid. The idea that anybody would take this story and run with it, it just goes to show you how fucking far gone we are as a country. I guess, I don't know. That, that's all I got. That's I just like, I couldn't, but I know I'm a few good. days late with this, but Jesus Christ, dude. Nothing has looked like less of a fucking true story in a while than this one. There's no way that this is true. I'm going to go way out on a limb here saying that this is a bullshit story. I think that's a good spot to wrap too. Like, if you were on the morning show with me when you said it's retarded, I'd have run the outro. <laughs> Corey, Corey will know what I'm talking about. Maybe right. a couple others.
Well, if you'd like to hear the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and only true stories, do me a favor, follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. You can join our Discord group, our private Facebook group while that's still going on. We'll link to all that stuff in the description. Share this show. More people need to listen to this show. So share the show. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Oh, the other thing is the uh, the merchandise site is running. I just saw this right before we came on. They, for two days, they're not charging any shipping. So if you were thinking about getting some merch, I would think over the next 48 hours would be the time to do that. Uh, shipping is like the, the only beef I really have with um, this company that's been handling all our stuff is the shipping is you know, it's prohibitive in some instances. It's it's kind of expensive. So you can get your items without shipping. So go crazy there. I will link to that in the description. Justin, you got anything? No, not that I can think of. I think I did okay. subtle plugs for all of my shit throughout the show. Wonderful. Do all that for us. And we will be back on Friday, maybe. Actually, we might have to do one Thursday and, and release it Friday because I might be traveling Friday. We'll talk about that later with a brand new episode for you and i will put a rant out here in the next couple of days as well i've got a lot of uh material building up in my rant folder here so uh until then you guys know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace